Hello pod fans. Before we begin this week's show, many of you will be aware of the very tragic death of 23-year-old Andre Drahici, who very sadly died during a game of water polo for Dinamo Bucharest two weeks ago. Andre was a wonderful young man, a great player, and really well respected by everyone in Romania. And I know the whole water polo community will join me in sending our best thoughts to his family, his friends, teammates, and everyone involved in Romanian water polo during this difficult time. Rest in peace, Andre. been ages since we last recorded it's been like two weeks and it's felt like it but um, we're back today with a brilliant guest that I think you'll really enjoy listening to after making a big impression playing for her native New Zealand she packed up and traveled thousands of miles to play professionally in Hungary she fell in love with the country and it's fair to say I think they fell in love with her so much so in 2016 she took the oath and became a Hungarian citizen and led her new nation to a first Olympic medal at Tokyo in 2021. She's pivotal to the Hungarian national team now and one of the best centre forwards in the world. Joining me today is Rebecca Parks. And before that, you know the drill. If you can, give us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That helps us grow as a show. And I know you're going to love saving 10% off your next order at wearwaterpolo.com with our discount code PODCAST10. So why not have a look uh, to see if there's any kit you like. And let's be honest, what's not to like at wearwaterpolo.com. Anyway, here is the wonderful and distinct voice of Rebecca Parks. Ex Parks, welcome to the Total Water Polo podcast. How are you? Good, thank you. Really good. <laughs> I'm pleased that we got over our technical issues and we uh, we now can talk. I've been really looking forward to this. Um, so we'll, we'll get straight in. Firstly, um, fresh from last week, winning the EuroLeague with Ethnikos. Um, how did that feel? Uh, yeah, that was... Um, that felt really good, especially with such... Um, um like definite wins i think it made it even even uh, more special and, and better for us and the team yeah they were definitely strong uh, strong wins um especially against the old enemy uh Javos, <laughs> who um, i'm sure you were very happy to um to beat um obviously we saw olympiakos win the euro league a few days later um both teams had really really um impressive crowds um yeah what's it like playing in front of in front of that you know with you know at the end you know the noise is incredible you know after the connection with the fans clapping and everything what's it like yeah um it's really special uh i think especially in water polo like you just don't i mean you get it sometimes but for club club wise you just don't get this kind of support which i think is great like I say, especially for water polo, I could. I was also in the stands at the Olympiakos game, and this was just awesome. Like, it's it's so cool how many people come and how passionate they are. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, honestly, as you said, it's it's absolutely awesome. And um, I know you mentioned there Olympiakos, obviously close rivals, noisy neighbours. But um, you know your your team, Ethnikos, developing really well. Everyone in the water polo world can see the progress. You've obviously got uh, some top top players, yourself included, a well run club, and a really um, excellent young female coach. Um, but what's it like on the whole? Um, to be part of the project at Ethnikos at the moment? Um, I think it's it's quite slow. Um, sorry, my dog wants to play. That's fine. Um, um, yeah, I think they need they need to to try keep it like this, uh, this strong and and bring in uh, more strong players to help out. Um, but no, it's it's really cool starting this with a club that was so low and, and they've gotten this Lynn trophy. Uh, I think it's really special. Um, and yeah, it's really fun and I'm enjoying it. Good, good. And um, I, your dog's beautiful. It's behaving now. It's, yeah, good, good. Um, just a word on perhaps your coach, um, Antigone Rompesi. Um, obviously a fantastic player in her day herself. I think she won an Olympic uh, silver in in uh, Athens and also World Championship. Um, it's, it's really nice to see a female coach doing so well, particularly in the, uh, the women's game, where there aren't actually that many women's coach. What's it like to, to play under her and have her as a tutor? And do you agree we probably need more female coaches in the game? Yeah, um, I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's really special, especially uh, in Greece. I've noticed that there's a lot of women coaches coaching clubs, uh, which is great to see. Um, and hopefully this helps it bring out more uh, women coaches. Uh, I think, yeah, she works uh, really well, especially with Yero, uh, the assistant coach. Um, and yeah, they're doing a really good job at this. Um, I feel like it's, they, Maybe they understand the woman's emotions a bit better uh, than men. And I think uh, her experience, her own experience helps uh, it a lot as well. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, I think that's really interesting what you've said about um, understanding the emotions. And it's a really important topic. And we're going to talk about it in a few weeks with some of the guests we've got coming up. But anyway, we'll move on from, from that um Len Trophy win and we'll talk about your um, formative years and your induction to the sport so obviously you're a Kiwi you're from New Zealand um, yeah. am I going to butcher your hometown is it Toranga yeah <laughs> yeah is that correct or if I Toranga uh, Toranga <laughs> right were you a sporty kid growing up were you always active yes very any yeah. sport I, I wanted to play such as uh basketball soccer just like mountain biking um volleyball anything that came up i tried to sign my name up for it i noticed you didn't say rugby ah uh, no my mum didn't allow me oh, she didn't allow <laughs> you maybe the reason no. why she didn't allow you was maybe because it was a bit dangerous and you'd get maybe injured but that did happen in basketball am i right when you were yes. young what happened <laughs> i just had really bad ankles and they just uh rolled often 
Yeah, yeah. Does that affect you now in water polo or? Um, uh, maybe with my knees, it's possible. Yeah. But I mean, egg beating is just so unusual and awkward as well. So yes. maybe, maybe not. I'm not. I'm not trying to bring that up so opponents can listen to this and target <laughs> your ankles. I'm. I'm just interested to see if um, if if that if that's something you carry with you. Um. So anyway, you were young, and when did you start water polo? Do you remember what age? Uh, I think I was about 11. Yeah, 11. Yeah. Was it for a club? Was it at school? Uh, for school. For school. And is that quite common in New Zealand? Um, lots of people won't be aware of the situation there. There's, there's a school system, club system. Is that quite common for players to start a school? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we play what's called flipper ball. So it's the same as water polo, but you're touching the ground. Um, and that's mainly just in in uh, school. And then um, when you get older, it goes to water polo. And that's when I started. So, yeah, I started in school before club. Yeah. And um, this might seem like a really obvious question, but were you any good to start with? Or did you just have fun? Uh, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I was good. I actually started in the goal uh, because I could throw the fervor, the, uh, yeah, fervorous um and then it was like do you want to be in the a team as a goalie or you know like d team as a player and i was like well i'm too competitive i, I want to be in the a team so yeah that's how it started <laughs> so that, that's really interesting so obviously there was a point in your um development where you obviously moved out of goal and maybe there was a point where you start to take it more seriously um what came first did you start playing seriously polo in goal and then move outfield or did you think that's it I'm going to play outfield and then progressively get better from there I think I got the opportunity to play out and I took it straight away um there was somebody that wanted to try goalie and that was just like okay yeah you take it I, I I'm I'm very up to going out straight away and I think I I must have done all right so they decided okay no actually we'll keep you out there now uh and then it it got a little more serious after that. Cool, cool. Um, it did get more serious. Um, when did you think that potentially you could uh, be a really elite international athlete and a professional? At what age did you, what age did you think or believe it could happen, or what age did you target it as a goal? Yeah, um, that's a tricky question. I would say quite late. Um, I moved out of home at 16 to uh, just improve uh, at water polo, but not thinking um, that intense like now. Um, so I'd say I was probably uh, probably 18 until I realized uh, how far it could go. I think it was uh, one men's player came to went to Hungary as well, and it seemed a little more realistic that um, New Zealand players can go overseas and play. Um, and then, yeah, so I think I was about 18. Yeah. Um, I just want to follow up on what you've just said there. Um, you spoke about Joe Kays. Uh, yes. Are you, um, obviously, for, for listeners that don't know, he, he moved to Hungary. He's also a Kiwi, although he plays for Australia, which uh, I'm not sure uh, <laughs> any of uh, many of your uh, fellow countrymen would uh, would be happy about. But anyway, he, he did go and play for Seged. Um, 
did you ever speak to him about it? Um, we will talk about your transition from New Zealand um, to Hungary uh, in more depth, but did, you, you said that potentially maybe he not inspired you, but you saw that it was possible. Did you ever speak to him about it or have you spoken to about it subsequently? Um, well, we were quite close families back in the day. His younger brother was the same age as me and we were good friends. So it definitely would have come up without knowing and just clicking in my brain like, oh, this that could be good for me as well. Um, so yeah, I would say so. I would say it came up a fair bit. Cool, cool. And you said you moved out of home to focus on water polo maybe when you were 16 or, or around that age. You had the opportunity to do that. And is that, is, that, yeah. is that something that is available in New Zealand for people, young athletes to do? Or were you an exception? Um, when, when it was uh, my turn, it wasn't a popular thing or anything. I think only one other uh, girl player had done it. Um, but I think nowadays it's getting a lot more popular to do. Um, in my city, it was not so strong at water polo. So it was kind of like, am I going to continue playing? And if I am, I need to move. Um, so I think now they start to see more and more where, where it's strong in New Zealand and, and deciding if they want to take it serious or not. Um, okay. So you did first play for New Zealand. Um, how special was that for you to represent your native native country? What did it mean to you when you first made your junior and then senior debut? Uh, I think it's... It was huge for us as we were such a close team and had been together for so long um, and never been in this situation. It was just a huge accomplishment compliment, compliment <laughs> in itself. Um, so, yeah, it, it was extremely special to me. And I think, uh, I mean, everyone's so proud of their country. And as a Kiwi, we we are so proud because we're so little and far away. So if there's anything that we can do, we do it and we, we do it with pride. Yeah. And would you say there was a big lesson that you learned from your time with the New Zealand national team setup? Maybe just the experience at an international level or something else? Uh, yeah, because I think that uh, the girls in New Zealand, they have to... Uh, work so hard just to get the money to fund them to get to places and I think uh, having to do that makes it more special or worth it or all these combined to to play um, with working outside of water polo as well. Okay well we'll talk about uh, how it came about that you would maybe play for Hungary so I guess it's story time for you. Um, from what I gather, you were with the junior national team in Greece, um, in the World Junior Championships, and um, Attila Biro, who is your national team coach now, pulled you aside and said that the opportunity might be there to play in Ega. Um, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Do you remember the conversation? Uh, it was, yeah, I do. Um, it was originally actually starting in Santish and it was I remember there being a lot of pressure like it was like you need to decide now or it's never and it's like oh I don't know what to do right now 
because I was so young as well. And, you know, uh, a lot of people choose to go to America more than Europe. So it seemed like that was the pathway. Um, I know that it's not something that I wanted to go to America. Um, so it's probably what uh, made me decide to end up in Hungary. Um, but yeah, it was a really quick conversation and it was like, decide now. <laughs> and is it true he only gave you two, was it 48 hours or was it less than that to decide? He literally um, got to tell me, I you send me a text on Facebook, you've got to tell me, otherwise it's off. No, I think I think that got exaggerated. Uh, I think it was a little more time than that. Okay, okay. Um, just a side note there. Um, you said you didn't want to go to America, um, particularly a lot of English speakers uh, that are involved in waterpolo that are good enough, obviously decide to do that and study there. Um, I guess on the whole, what was your thought process behind um, maybe Hungary versus? well professional versus university why why didn't you fancy it um I think I was just so driven in water polo that I wanted to focus uh especially on water polo than like studying as well um which is probably not, not the best thing to say <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> fair enough fair enough I I, I yeah I, I would feel the same probably um and did you have any doubts about hungry i mean we will talk about we probably will talk about your club career next it was either that or tokyo but we'll, we'll go for your club career because we're on it now but did you have any doubts did you ever think oh, this isn't you know on the plane over or when you arrived in Ega, you thought actually maybe this isn't for me maybe i'm not good enough did you ever have those doubts um i don't think i did i think like definitely just missing home was the biggest thing in my uh, heart or brain um but i don't think there were any doubts at all no 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 doubts at all well <laughs> good, good well you arrived in aga and that was your first taste of hungarian water polo i guess um and what was what was your first big impression um when you arrived in in aga that lovely huge wooden pool it looks like an up, upside down boat i guess you know massively <laughs> historic club um what was your first impression um yeah I was amazed by the pool I just thought it was like beautiful um and my first impression was like just how how are people only training and not going to work afterwards or like it's this is their job like it was um speechless really yeah yeah um, and I, I, as you said, um, they, they, they love the sport, clearly, and you know that uh, definitely. But did the people in Ega, maybe not just Ega, but like in Hungary, when they first, when you first came over, did they support you well? Did you feel ostracised? Did you feel a bit excluded? Or did, did you actually, they, they took you in and you felt really welcome? Um, no, I felt, I think I felt really welcome. Uh, we had a, an American in the team also and a, a Hungarian that had lived in America. So there was English straight away as well. Um, but no, that I remember arriving and everyone just saying, hi, hi, hi. And I, I don't know, you know, I traveled 30 something hours, so I was not all there. But I remember being very welcomed into the club. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned there that there were maybe a few other 
uh, foreigners. And I guess, I guess the question extends over to when you move to UVSC as well. But do you think um, there's a there's less patience afforded to foreigners? I mean, now you're obviously a Hungarian uh, international. You became a citizen in 2016. But do you think? Do you think when things maybe go wrong and you inevitably have maybe an off day, not very often for you, but um, do you think that you're afforded less uh, patience from the Hungarians, the, the people, the fans, the, the team, because you're not quite, you know, native in that respect? Um, I think if you asked ask me this three years ago, I would say yes. Um, but I think like, uh, which I respect a lot with Hungarians is you really have to earn your your spot um, and once it's earned then you feel like you feel like you've worked hard for it and, and it's yours and you should be confident with that yeah. Uh, but yeah I think it's not just given to you which I think is a, a good way because it really makes you work hard for what you want and for others as well yeah I mean yeah you have what you're talking about is proving yourself and you absolutely proved yourself. And then you, you got your move to UVSE. Um, and everyone at that club absolutely loves you. Honestly, everyone I've spoken to, um, obviously it's a very special club. Um, it's had some great success for which you were, you were part of it. Um, what, what, how do you reflect on your time at UVSE? Um, yeah, we, we created very strong bonds there. Um, I have so much respect for the club, the coach and the players. Like I know I wouldn't be where I am today without all of their help. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, very special to me. And yeah, we'll always keep, keep close to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, you said you're close with the coach and it's special. And incidentally, I saw that Marton came to watch that first tie, uh, that first leg at Denver Jaros. Um, maybe he was scouting, but I'm sure it was it was uh, <laughs> nice to catch up. I don't want to be uh, a bit blunt here or rude, but all the things that you've just said about UVSE, why did you leave? If you can tell. Uh, yeah, I can tell you. I think originally when I first ever uh, moved to Hungary, I never knew I'd be in the position I am now. So in my brain, I thought, oh, I'm going to move to Hungary and this is going to be the way I see the world as well. Um, and then how it became, I wouldn't say stuck, but um, got in a situation where, you know, water polo became so serious that traveling need to, needed to uh, move to the side or wait a little bit longer. Um, so this, this season, I... I saw an opening to be able to change the country, see a different culture, just wanted to have a different experience, really. That's the only why. Yeah. Okay, that, that's fair enough. Um, you just mentioned something there, and we'll just move on after after this question, I guess. But you, you said that you could never have envisaged that you'd be in the situation you are now. Did you, um, when you were asked to take up citizenship, did suddenly everything all click into place? You thought, well, I could now be a Hungarian international, the Tokyo Olympics, whatever Olympics, it's all around the corner. Was that, you never envisaged that before, before you were a citizen? Um, 
I think it was an unrealistic dream that was always there that you wanted to to do, but how was it ever going to happen? So yeah, when it when it became real, it did just click everywhere. <laughs> An unrealistic dream that you um, you've accomplished, and um, yeah, as as I said, um, the Tokyo Olympics. Um, a bit of trivia. I, I love a bit of trivia. So we'll talk about Tokyo. Um, did you know that you are the second female Kiwi to play at the Olympics? You're not the first. Yeah. Do you know who yes. the first was? Uh, yeah, I, oh, I've forgotten her name, but um, she played for England, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you half a point for that. Yeah, Francesca Snell, she played for, um, for us at yeah. London 2012. Um, but aside from that, you are the, the second uh, Kiwi to play water polo um, female, uh, water polo player at the Olympics. Um, what was your prep uh, preparation, I should say, like for Tokyo? The focus was very much for your team who had been really, I guess, unlucky, you know, very unfortunate to not medal in, I think, the last three or four Olympic Games, finishing fourth. Um, what was the, what was the build-up like? Um, I think, um, the nerves, well, for myself, I don't get that nervous, which is lucky. Um, so those, those I feel didn't hit till quite a lot later because we had such a long preparation. Um, I don't know if I could answer it the same as somebody that had been to the last Olympics and, and been through that, but we have been fourth a lot in other competitions, which is, is extremely hard. Um, I think you, you get to a point where you just, you just gotta, you just keep going until it, until it works because what else are you supposed to do? <laughs> Very, true. Um, I, Very true. I think we had really good preparation, especially, especially with um, uh, mental coaches as well. I think this helped us a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and without brushing over too much of it, um, you were you were pretty decent in the the preliminary rounds. Um, Drew with Russia, close game, but they they're always good. Um, Japan, you beat them, and then obviously we can't not talk about that win over the USA, uh, in which a certain someone scored a hat trick. Um, <laughs> How excited were the team and how excited were you after that game? Um, massive achievement. They hadn't been beaten in, I think, you know, 13 years in, at the Olympic Games. So massive achievement. Uh, I think everyone personally was extremely excited, uh, but had to kind of keep it cool as it was only a, a, a preliminary round. Um, and then I think that, Possibly later after Olympics, everyone was able to celebrate the bronze, of course, and also being in America after, which made it, which was great. Um, and it was hard to probably keep cool about it. Um, but no, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And they played so well. Um, however, then you did go on to lose to China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe everyone was excited, maybe a little bit too much. To be fair, maybe that's that's a bit, you know, 
it's too simple. You're all elite athletes. You can all control yourselves. Um, China pretty underrated, and I think they only lost to Russia by one one goal. So, were you really disappointed to go from the high of of beating the world's best team, arguably one of the greatest yeah. teams in the history of the sport, and then losing a game that it's always tough, but was winnable? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I was very upset after this game because we all knew that we should beat them. Um, we all believe that we are, we are better, even though China are doing very good for themselves. Um, and maybe maybe we took it too cool after the American game and should have celebrated maybe a little more or, you know, a bit quieter. Um, yeah. Uh, we do get stuck in these situations as well with our Hungarian team. Uh, you know, not accepting referees' calls or we're just not scoring and we're not finding that next plan to what we should be doing. Uh, but in the end, I think it everything happened for a reason and, and it worked out well for us. Yeah, yeah, it did work out well. Um, you beat the Netherlands in the quarterfinals. Uh, very well deserved against a, a team that have got some really, really top players. Obviously, unfortunate to lose a very narrow game against Spain um, in the semis. But obviously, that that finally, finally in the third place match, um, <laughs> I think Russia denied Hungary. I know you said you weren't in the team, but they denied Hungary last time of the bronze. So it's probably nice for you to see um, some of your uh, the older players that have been there before finally after a long time of trying getting that bronze but for you personally um, a bronze medal how did you feel um I still I when I get asked this question I still don't really believe it um it's really unreal for me like I think each time like since the qualifiers and then any competition between and after every step just keeps like revealing a new thing to me that I never thought could ever be possible and it just keeps on coming so it, yeah just amazing yeah unbelievable achievement and you personally were even in the all-star team um for the tournament for several several medias like uh, the official ours in total when we did ours I, I put you in there very well deserved on the whole a really good experience for you do you think maybe the best achievement to date of your life so far definitely yeah definitely hopefully in a few years time maybe Hungary can go again and maybe go one better or two better <laughs> well that would be great yeah that would be that would be the aim hopefully um I just want to talk a little bit about um water polo in New Zealand a little bit I probably should have done it while we're actually talking about New Zealand but here we are <laughs> Um, so you obviously had a, a fairly, not short, but, you know, you had a career with New Zealand. You kind of alluded to it earlier that New Zealand's quite isolated. I think you said it's a small little islands far, far away. Um, it's a long distance to travel. How does New Zealand um, get to a place where they are more competitive internationally? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's so tricky because it's again it's so far away and it just makes things so expensive um, but 
I think what they would need to do is is have more players playing overseas and getting the experience here in clubs because it's just such a higher level that you don't realize until you're witnessing it and and playing and training. Um, yeah, I think, in my opinion, that's the only way they could get uh, uh, better. Yeah, so having players playing professionally, but it's obviously a, yeah. it's a big um, it's a big commitment for them financially, yeah. and socially, and stuff. I guess um, a, a little bit of positive news for New Zealand um, might well be that in twenty thirty two the Olympics are heading down under. Um, Brisbane, um, which actually gives New Zealand a really, really decent chance to qualify. In fact, they, yeah. they should definitely be qualifying. So they've got something to aim for, I guess, longer term. You know, we are talking 10 years down the line. So they, they do potentially can put something in place, a, a program to build up for that and maybe kick on from there. Yeah, uh, I definitely believe so. I know that our team... Uh, at that like at a young age if we we knew we had this in front of us I think a lot of the girls probably would have stayed a lot longer and continued uh, just to be able to play at that yeah yeah um okay we'll, we'll move on from that then and we'll just just before we take a break um we'll talk about what's next for Rebecca Parks so you're now in uh, your late 20s 27 um you've got at least at least one, maybe two, maybe three Olympic cycles left. Um, <laughs> so what's what's next for you? You've played for some of the, the, the top clubs in, in Europe. You've said maybe you wanted to travel. I'm not looking for an exclusive or anything, but, you know, <laughs> the project at Ethnikos is going well. So what what's, what's next? Um, yeah, the Paris is definitely the future goal. Um, we still have two months here uh, in Greece, which is quite a lot longer than other countries in Europe. Um, so I think there's a bit of time to see what's happening, see how the clubs, uh, if they're going to build from this or not. Um, I definitely can see myself back in a Hungarian club as well. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean pick up on two things firstly another two months in Greece you must absolutely love that because with two major events coming up particularly one in front of a home crowd uh, in Budapest uh, for the world champs and then obviously the European champs it's a big uh, big summer and you're fortunate enough that you'll be able to keep training competitive and playing importantly it's always important to play games I think um, yeah so you're pretty happy with that I, I guess um, yeah, I'm definitely happy. Um, it will be a little bit strange not uh, training with the Hungarian team for, I think we usually do a month and a half to two months before uh, competition. So that will be quite strange. Um, but I feel like I have a good connection with the girls in and out of the water. So hopefully that maintains and, and it picks up again when I go back and train with them. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And you, you said there as well, maybe this is me being mean, but you said you could see yourself going back and playing at a Hungarian club. You didn't say go back and play for UVSE. So is there anything to read into there? 
not at the moment. Um, I think uh, it's been great in Greece and, and seeing a different side in water polo. Um, but I feel uh, I definitely made a home in Hungary and enjoy it a lot there. Um, so yeah, just gonna wait and see how it happens. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, we shall see. Um, let's take a break. And in a few moments, we'll be back with a few quick fire questions. Okay. Okay, this is part two uh, of the Total Water Polo podcast, where we put our questions to Bex Parks that you've sent in on our social media channels. But before we start with that, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Bex, but every week we ask our guests to give their dream seven. So a fantasy, a fantasy team of players that you perhaps are currently playing with or you've never played with or they're retired or, or whatever. So a lot, a lot of our guests hate this part, but um, you're going to have to do it. So just seven players, normally starting with a goalkeeper, but you can start wherever you like. Okay. Um... Yeah, I'll do the obvious. I definitely have uh, Ashley Johnson in my in my goal. What's she like She's... to train against? Oh, disheartening. Annoying. <laughs> annoying to shoot against. Yeah. Because you can't score anything, uh, but just saves your ass every time when you're blocking or in defense. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's uh, honor for myself. Um. Uh, I'd, I'd have uh, Van der Kratz uh, as my lefty. Um, yeah, I really wish I was uh, a part of the, this level of water polo earlier so I could have uh, older, older players' names. Um, and two... There's no, pressure uh, to, um, there's no pressure to have, like, you know, players that played 20 years ago. Honestly, um, lots of people just pick players they... They played with or they they, they are currently yeah playing. a bit easier yeah now. Course, yeah um i'd yeah i'd have to pick i'd have to pick between two players and two with uh rachel fatel and sigan daughter yeah um and center back who's who's the <laughs> toughest center we've actually got a question um, while we're on it, who is the toughest centre-back you've ever played against? Who is a centre-back? We've, You know, as a centre-forward, you always have maybe one or two, maybe it's just me, you always have like one or two, or maybe it's all of them, but one or two players that you just always, you feel like you should do better against, but they always seem to find a way to just make they you get away. Yeah, have you got any? Um, yeah, I think the Australians, they're pretty annoying. Uh, <laughs> Hannah Buckling, uh, I think she's She's great as a defender, but also just countering and shooting as well, which is always good to have. Um, and then, of course, Melissa Seidemann, just strong. Like, <laughs> you need your outside players to help you a lot with passing quickly there or else it's not going to happen. Do you, think, um, uh, do you think Hannah Buckling goes a bit harder on you because you're uh, from New Zealand? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't believe so. But we could use that use. Um, oh, and Takash Oshola from Hungary. Uh, she played quite a lot when I was in Eger and I, I never wanted to play 
knowing she was going to be uh, defending me. Yeah. And that leaves a, set, a place at centre forward. Uh, yeah, I'd have, um, there's a lot of Hungarians' names, <laughs> uh, Barbara Boyka or yeah. Gas. Did she inspire you? Any tips or give you any anything or just you love to watch her play? Um, yeah, I love to watch her play. I think a lefty centre is, is so handy to have because a lot of them can play centre and outside as well. And I feel like it's quite hard to read for defenders. Yeah. Um, and just getting to train with her and, and play against her was awesome for me. Cool. Cool. Pretty, pretty good team. A lot of Hungarians in there and an Aussie yeah. as well. Who would have thought it? But anyway, <laughs> on to the next question. And this is from a previous coach, one of your previous coaches, Martin Benchor. And I, I want to, I kind of want you to explain this one because I, I don't understand it. But he said, how do you swim freestyle with five breaths? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. What, what is so I'm just, I'm just, he's giving me shit. <laughs> he, yeah, I'm just terrible at breathing. Like I can only do two breaths. I just die if it's three or more. So he loved to make me do five, seven or nine because he knew it was just horrible for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I get it now. I get it now. He's, he's, <laughs> he's being mean. Um, by the way, he, he has added a side note and he said it was an honour to be your coach. Yeah. It was an honour to have the coach. There we are. Lovely. Um, right. Underscore Benny with like 10 E's underscore said, when will you come back to Hungary to prepare for the World Championships? So we did kind of speak about this in the first bit. You've obviously got a few more months obligations in, in Greece, but when do you know when you'll be coming back for sure? Um, world champs. Our last game, our last final game is supposed to be on the 28th of May, but it's uh, best of three games, so it could be earlier than that, but around the end of May. Yeah. So, whoever asked that question, 28th of May, might stay in Athens a little bit longer, you know, live it up there, and then then come back straight away to prepare for the world champs. Um, also on the Instagram, Am Spurco said, how did you feel after scoring the winning goal for Hungary against the USA? <laughs> um, after the game, I realised it was the winning goal, but at the time, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, did, I, was there not a part of you that thought this could be the winning goal? Did you not think? No, not at all. I think I was just so into the game that that kind of thing didn't pop into my head during yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very a team team player, so these kind of things don't go into my head. I just think the whole team did this. Um, yeah. You see, this is really interesting because we often ask people, "Oh, what's your favorite goal?" or "What? How do you feel after this, this, this?" And it just, I think, it just goes to show how um, how a bit of insight into elite athletes, because as you've said, you're like, I, it didn't even occur to me. I was just so focused. And that's something we get quite a lot. And I think that maybe is a lesson for a lot of losers uh, like me who score a goal and then talk about it for, for weeks after. Wasn't even that good. But anyway, moving on. Who is the funniest teammate you've ever had? Um, <laughs> funniest teammate. Oh, I'm trying to think now. 
I mean, for myself, it would be Dora Abalanta because we just get along and find the same things funny. So anything she does or say, I find funny. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think now. Anyone else that I, makes you laugh or? In my, in my team in Ethnikos right now, um, one of the Greek twins, Yoli, I'm not going to say her name right, Yoli Beneku. Beneku, yeah. Uh, yeah, I find she is hilarious. Like, she can say anything and I'm just, I'm on the floor laughing. She's she's good. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, moving on, what is your best advice for centre forwards? It's a very vague question, but have you got any advice for young athletes or even, you know, older ones who want to improve their game at centre forward? Uh, choose another position. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think um, for centre forwards, you've got to be really tough uh, mentally more than physically because you're basically accepting to get a little beaten up sometimes. And if you can pass that, then I think you're going to do really well. Um, and you get tough calls, but also, again, if you can pass that, I think you're going to do really well in centre. Yeah, centre forward's definitely the best position, no? Um, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, you, do, you ever, do you ever want to play elsewhere? Do you ever think about going up to your coach and being like, I want to play elsewhere? Or do you accept that it's you're um, very good at what you do and that's your role in the team? If I knew I was any good anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it would be much use taking me out of centre and putting me somewhere else. <laughs> I wish I could could play out top. Yeah, we've got a we've got a question here that's um, maybe a bit of an obvious answer. But uh, do you think <laughs> you will win um, a medal at either the World Championships or the European Championships? Uh, yes, I believe so. Both? Um, yes, I do. Both. Good, good. So get your, get, get, uh, clear some space out in your medal cabinet, <laughs> I guess. Um, we've, we've got a question here and we'll probably end on this one, to be fair. Um, we ask all our guests this as well because I, I find it quite interesting. But away from the swimming pool, away from the deck, what do you do to relax to take your mind off any games or after a long tournament um what do you what do you do and i, I know your dog was there earlier trying to get <laughs> a bit of air time on the podcast um i know that you love your dog um but yeah what 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 do you do to hang out um <clears throat> yeah i mean definitely just chilling with my dog running around or him running around at least um, being just with friends and family is good for me. And then, of course, just Netflix. Netflix. You see, <laughs> whenever you, whenever anyone says Netflix on here, we automatically ask what kind of stuff they watch on Netflix. So your, your old coach, for example, went off talking about some, you know, documentaries and stuff. Are you, are you into any, anything on Netflix at the moment? Uh, I just started a series called Bloodline, which I'm, it's good. Okay. I'm a little bit addicted at the moment. Okay. Okay. What's it about? <laughs> um, I'm kind of figuring that out. Um, 
but it's a close family with uh, something's gone wrong and it's it's just getting into that to show what happened. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, Rebecca Parks, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. You've been uh, fantastic and um, enjoy the rest of the season and we'll see you in Budapest. Thanks for having me. Well, another great chat with another great player. I've really, really enjoyed uh, listening to Rebecca Parks talk. She has a really interesting story and she's an unbelievable player. Obviously, it goes without saying. Um, she's quite shy, really, but as I said, she's a great player. She's 27 and she's still got so much more she can achieve in the game and I hope she does and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Just a reminder before you go, if you can give us a like, subscribe, a review, anything, wherever you get this podcast from, that would be massively appreciated. And don't forget to claim 10% off at werewolterpella.com with our discount code PODCAST10. So at the checkout, PODCAST10, save a bit of money and get some top quality here. Thanks for joining us this week. See you soon.